Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Rocky Mountain Dealership's third quarter 2020 financial results conference call. After the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time. Please note that this call is being recorded today, October 30th, 2020 at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. I now like to turn the meeting over to your host for today's call, Mr. Garrett Gandon, President and Chief Executive Officer of Rocky Mountain Dealerships. Please go ahead, Mr. Gandon. Thank you, Operator. And thank you to everyone for participating in our call today. With me today is our Chief Sales and Operations Officer, Jim Wood, and Chief Financial Officer, Jerry Schiefelbein. Please note that while talking about our results and answering questions, we may make forward-looking statements. These statements are subject to known and unknown risks, and future results may differ materially. We will also be discussing non-IFRS financial measures in today's call, including adjusted EBITDA and operating SG&A. For more information about these topics, please review the sections of RME's management discussion and analysis for the quarter entitled Caution Regarding Forward-Looking Information and Statements, Risks and Uncertainties, and Non-IFRS Measures. Listeners should also review the risk factor section of our most recent annual information form. These documents can be found on our website as well as the CEDAR website. Dollar amounts discussed in today's call are expressed in Canadian dollars and are generally rounded. Turning to our third quarter results, the agriculture industry is an annual cycle of plant, grow, and harvest. We now have that full cycle under our belt since we implemented aggressive cost and inventory reduction initiatives in the last half of 2019. Army's solid third quarter performance is the result of the consistent execution of our strategy to reduce equipment inventory and realign our cost structure through a period of unprecedented and challenging industry conditions. Sales increased 16.9 million or 9.2% in the quarter to 201 million on stronger demand in all categories. Gross profit improved to 15.3% from 14.8% compared to the third quarter of 2019. On the cost side of the business, operating SG&A and borrowing costs were lower by 1.5 million and 1 million respectively. Again, the result of our commitment to improving this aspect of our business. On a trailing 12-month basis, our operating SG&A cost has improved 14.3 million. Our focus on inventory reduction has resulted in a $134.8 million decrease in equipment inventory year over year, and a very significant $154.5 million reduction in equipment inventory in the first nine months of 2020. The larger inventory reduction in the first nine months versus year over year is due to the fact that equipment inventory is typically billed in the fourth quarter as next season's equipment starts to arrive. We expect this to be the case again this year. We believe that the company's leaner cost structure and inventory levels are more appropriate for the current market conditions. Last year at this time, we were experiencing a harvest that was significantly behind five-year averages in all regions. This year, by contrast, we had a much more favorable conditions and have essentially completed harvest in all regions throughout our territory, which is illustrated in the bar chart on the left of your screen. On the right-hand side of this slide, recent strength in commodity prices are also improving sentiment, as farmers can expect to receive more for their crops this year. 
Relative to January 2019, wheat prices are up 18%, canola prices are up 11%, soybeans up 19%, and corn is up 5%. Like the harvest data on the last slide, last year we talked about the material decrease in canola exports with some of Canada's largest trade partners because of trade disputes. Specifically, the 67% decrease in exports to China, one of the largest importers of Canadian canola that drove a 21% decline in total canola exports in 2019 related to the five-year average. This year, the year-to-date data shows that canola exports are trending higher than in 2019, a positive development supporting the outlook for our industry. On the right-hand side, we show the forecast Canadian grain production split in 2020. While this data does not change greatly year-to-year, to year to year, it does show a 2% increase in wheat production for 2020 as farmers opted to plant less canola in favour of wheat. Taken together, we see several factors that point to improving fundamentals for our industry despite the fact there remains significant uncertainty resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. Again, this is a business that functions on an annual cycle, so it will take time for this improving sentiment to translate into results for RME. In the third quarter of 2020, gross profit margin was 15.3% versus 148 in the third quarter of 2019. Adjusted EBITDA was 10.5 million, more than double the 4.5 million for the same period in 2019. Looking at the components in the waterfall chart on your screen, this adjusted EBITDA increase was due to a $2.4 million increase in gross profit on improved sales volumes, a $1.6 million increase on sales margin variance, a $300,000 decrease in gross profit on sales mix, and a $200,000 decrease in OEM incentives. A $1.5 million decrease in operating SG&A, reflecting the operating cost reductions implemented in the second half of 2019. And finally, a $1 million decrease in short-term borrowing costs associated with RME's floor plant facilities. While we are starting to see increases in deliveries in recent months across the various equipment categories, the year-to-date trend in key product categories that are heavily represented in our sales mix continued to lag the same time frame in 2019. Specifically, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers data for all of Canada as of September 2020 reports that 100-plus horsepower tractors are down 15.9%, four-wheel drive tractors are down 11.4%, and self-propelled combines are down 9.4% compared to the same period in 2019. Total units of 4,984 delivered year-to-date on a trailing 12-month basis continues to set a record low. At current levels and in a normalized environment, we believe the downward trend is unsustainable in Canada, but the broad uncertainty resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic as well as ongoing trade uncertainty means that our industry is not operating in a normal environment, and so we remain cautious. Taking a closer look at our inventory, we have been very clear on our strategy to consistently reduce equipment inventory levels since they peaked in the second quarter of 2019. Through our focused efforts, we were able to reduce total equipment inventories by 154.5 million from December 31st, 2019. This is a very significant achievement for RME. On this slide, we illustrate the 154.5 million equipment inventory reduction split between new and used equipment. New inventory levels have been actively reduced to manage trade-ins and ultimately reduce used inventory levels. The result of these efforts is shown here with approximately 61% of the total equipment inventory reduction year-to-date coming from a reduction in used equipment. As I mentioned previously in the call, this industry operates on an annual cycle and quarter-over-quarter trends are not linear through the fiscal year. 
We therefore expect used inventory to build through the fourth quarter, as we have seen in the past. We remain encouraged with the equipment inventory reduction to date, and we will continue to focus on realigning total equipment inventory levels with market activity. We believe it gives RME a strategic advantage to continue to focus on our balance sheet position. We don't know how the recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic will unfold, and we continue to have unresolved trade relations creating uncertainty for our industry. We have achieved a lot to ensure RME can weather this uncertainty. Our balance sheet position continues to improve. At quarter end, we were, we were 44% drawn on our various boring facilities with 378.1 million in available credit and 15.8 million in cash. As a result of our efforts to actively restructure our capital position and the reduction of interest-bearing floor plan payables, we reported a $1 million reduction in borrowing costs in the third quarter versus 2019. We continue to monitor credit markets and the interest rate environment and look for ways to further reduce our cash costs. Operator, we are now ready to take calls. Thank you. At this time, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star then one on your 12-point keypad. Again, that's star one to ask a question. Please wait while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from Sherilyn Rodburn with TD Securities. Your line is open. Thanks very much and good morning. Morning, Sherilyn. Um, so Garrett, farmers have had a couple of tough years, but we seem to have turned a corner. Maybe you could just expand a little bit more on how you're feeling about spending intentions as we head into the end of the year and look ahead to 2021. And, and if you would, maybe split that up and speak separately to sort of maintenance activity versus equipment spending. Um, okay, so yeah, when you compare 2019 to 2020, I think the, the farmers are, are definitely have a better sentiment this year than we did last year um, with what was going on in the harvest. Um, you know, quoting activity and, and general activity are up um, from where we saw it last year. Um, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty though, Sherilyn, um, when, you, when you look at what's going on in the pandemic, when we look at um, you know, the different trade issues that we're continuing to have. And, and you got to remember, too, that the uh, regionality that existed um, within the Canadian prairies, right? Some of the areas had really good years. Some of the areas still did, did struggle. Um, but overall, just kind of as a, as a high-level view, um, you know, we are seeing more activity this year than we were seeing last year. Um, and we would expect to see that, um, you know, as we move into 2021 um, as well. But I think it's going to be still a little bit subdued. Okay, that's fair. Um, and in terms of inventory, it sounds like Rocky itself is kind of back to a comfort level. How would you say that things look across the industry in that regard? Um, you know what, industry-wide, from what I've seen as, you, as you're kind of driving around the prairies and stuff, it actually doesn't look too bad in Canada. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is in the States, obviously with the border closed, haven't had a, <laughs> a lot of chances to go drive and have a look down there right now. But uh, from the Canadian perspective, uh, inventory uh, seems to be at reasonable levels um, compared to what we've seen in the last year and a half. Like, and I know from our perspective, um, right at the end of Q3 is when you, you hit that low because you always have that build of inventory as you get into Q4. Um, but I, I think overall the industry is in a better spot than where it had been in the last, uh, you know, year or two anyways. Okay. And then the last one for me before I pass it off, just 
on your cost structure, can you give us some perspective on how lean you've been running and and where you might want to add back, assuming that the revenue backdrop improves? Yeah, I think the answer to that is very, um, Sherilyn. Um, you know, for us, where we'd be looking to add back in is going to be a lot of the uh, customer-facing um, positions in, in uh, you know, across the business, right? Um, it, it has been an interesting year with the pandemic. You know, you've got a combination of costs that are a lot lower this year than what you would have seen in the previous years with, um, you know, there's, there's less travel. And, and even for us, travel would be, you know, less driving of the vehicles, right, being able to go out and see it depending on areas and restrictions that have been put in by the different governments and all those different dynamics. So, um, you know, the, the run rate that we've shown in uh, the last year, I, I think, still holds. Um, as we get into the spring, um, depending on how the ultimate market responds, we will see if there needs to be some addition on to, uh, again, customer-facing, um, making sure that we're there for the customers on a, on a daily basis is, is really where we look at where we could add, potentially should add. Okay, that's helpful. I'll get back to you. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Sherilyn. Your next question comes from Jacob Bent with CIBC. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Morning, Jacob. Um, what's your view on uh, M&A right now? Um, right now, with all the uncertainty that exists in the marketplace, I, I want a strong balance sheet. And, and how are how are you know multiples like are, are there unique opportunities coming up right now where you starting to see you know more of these dealerships uh, come up where people are just saying you know I want to get out? Um, you know no um, like it seems like a lot of the the groups everybody's kind of batting down the hatches if you will trying to figure out you know how does the pandemic end how does the how do the trade wars end. Just with, with all the uncertainty, um, we really haven't haven't seen uh, a, a big uptick in activity on that. Um, if anything, I would actually call it the opposite, where you've seen actually uh, less activity in it right now. Okay. And then, what's your um, what's your what's your sense of the the farmer sentiment? How he's thinking about things. I mean, obviously, tremendous amount of moving parts on the international side. Um, just cautious right now or yeah I think the answer to that is is cautious but at the same time they they've had a, a much better year in in the most part a much better year than what they had last year so it, it's cautious but a, a little bit more optimistic than where we were last year um, you know it would be just great to get uh, some of the these big uncertainties resolved like you, you think about in the next three days, we're going to have an, a, a U.S. election, which is going to be fairly profound. We've got uh, trade issues that have continued on, and, we, and we've got pandemic, which seems to be um, increasing in numbers over the last uh, month across the globe versus um, getting more in line. So I think just with all that stuff and being bombarded with that stuff in the news, I think it, it just creates um, more of a cautious and uncertainty. And then how are moisture levels right now in the areas that you're servicing? Well, we had a ridiculous amount of snow about a week ago that's, that's all melted and uh, absorbed in. So I think overall moisture levels would be pretty good, uh, Jacob. 
Um, you know, the the northern part of Alberta has had has had a very very wet year, so I think they actually would uh, appreciate some uh, opportunity for some of that to dry out a little bit more than than what we've had had in the past. But I think overall it's pretty good, from what I what I'm hearing. And historically, that's been a pretty important indicator of a farmer indicator going into the spring season. Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, that's it for me. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Jacob. Your next question comes from Ben Chernovsky. Your line is open. Morning, guys. Morning, Ben. Um, just a couple uh, housekeeping items first. Uh, on the working capital, I was a bit surprised that you didn't generate more cash from working capital given the inventory reduction. Is that simply a function of the payables getting reduced along with the inventory? That, that most of that inventory yeah. was on was on floor plan. Yeah, if you if you look at that piece, we did put uh, any of the real free cash that we had available. We kept putting against our uh, floor plan as much as possible. So that yes. Okay. I was going to give you a long answer, but really the answer is yes. <laughs> no, it's a simple answer. I just wanted to confirm yep. it, um, or some yep. question at least. Um, and then it looks like there was a small impairment. Was that on your inventory, or can you elaborate on that? Sure. There was it, the four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually we had a, a property that we had for sale for the last two years, uh, eighteen months, anyways, for sure, and. Uh, We've got a we got a deal on that uh, on that property, and so we 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 took it and sold the that redundant asset. Oh, okay. So just kind of part of downsizing. Did you, did yeah, you take was, a lease on it, or is it just you're just out of the? Nope. No, uh, we're just out. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just um, it was just a, an asset that we had been in, and we've we, we've had for a couple of years as we've tried to divest it, and, and we were able to divest it uh, uh, now. Right. Okay. And then I guess um, just, I mean, there have been sort of questions about about your, how you manage your cost, and you've already indicated your desire for a strong balance sheet, but if I could be a little more specific about capital allocation, like now now you're generating free cash, your, your debt's coming down, what are your priorities with the cash you're going to generate? And I guess part of that is what's your appetite to go do more M&A? So you know, right now, uh, Ben, with with the uncertainty, we've you know the the main focus has been to try and continue to just get a stronger and stronger balance sheet. We are not against doing uh, any M and A. It just needs to be um, the 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 right product in the right area at the right price. Um, you know, like with one of the earlier questions, there actually appears to be less activity right now than what there had been um, maybe, say, two years ago or even two and a half years ago in, in that M&A space right now. Um, so our, our focus really hasn't been going out and trying to, uh, trying to entice somebody to, to do an M&A activity with us or anything like that. It has been... Um, really a very conservative is what I would call our, our view on getting the cash back into the balance sheet. Not against it, uh, it just has to, it's going to have to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Well, um, 
good to see you get the inventories down and the cash flow up. So well done. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. And your next question comes from Sherilyn Rodburn with TD Securities. Your line is open. Just a couple of last ones for me. Um, as it relates to the canola situation, would you say that enough has improved that you would expect sort of a more normal uh, crop mix in terms of plantings next year? And and what implications, if any, does that have for your business? Hey, Sherilyn, it's Jim. Yeah, you know what? Most of the... Uh most of the, we didn't see a huge uh, downturn in the canola production because most of the larger producers likes to like to keep it in the rotation anyways and um, a lot of the marketing boards were able to move that canola I believe the EU took over 30% of the availability and and they uh, also shipped a lot to the United Emirates who then crushed it and sold it to China anyways so um, the whole supply chain seemed to uh, make up for some of it um, and we've started to see prices rebound as well. So um, there wasn't a huge fluctuation in the canola rotation as, as one would seem when, uh, when your largest customer uh, stops buying from you, but uh, we've definitely seen a rebound this last year. Okay, and then maybe just picking up on Ben's questions regarding capital allocation. Garrett, can you just speak to how much of a priority uh, increasing the dividend might be as things improve? Um, you know, that's going to be a, a continued discussion at, at the board level, uh, Sherilyn. You know, right now, uh, the intent is let's, let's get ourselves through 2020. Let's get the strength of the balance sheet. Let's, uh, let's see where we end, end the year at and, and then work through um, th those, those types of allocations once, once we have a better clarity around this, the, the pandemic and all the, these uncertainties, which we're hoping is, is going to be more clear in 2021 hoping. Okay, fair enough. That's all for me. Thank you. Thanks, Sherilyn. That's all the questions we have. I turn the call back to the presenters for any closing remarks. Uh, thanks very much for joining us today and have a great day, guys. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.